Welcome to New Human Living Radio Show, bringing you powerful interviews to awaken the power in you. Learn more at newhumanliving.com. And now your host, Les Jensen. So, how many of you feel like you've been through some growing pains lately? <laughs> 2020, I mean, maybe you don't even want to call them growing pains. You just want to call it raw pain. <laughs> um, I, th- I think we're at a very curious um, crossroads, if you will, in our human journey. Certainly 2020 is now in the rearview mirror, if you will, for us. And here we are in 2021. I think... For a lot of us, our, I don't know what to call it, our sense of self, our um, understanding of who we are. I mean, we, we all got our cages rattled in 2020. And for so many people, topics like emotions, topics like stress are much more front and center in people's lives. And what I really like about tonight's episode is it it talks about a journey um, to reconnect back with our own soul. The topic tonight is self-love through the sacred feminine, and our guest tonight is Jo Jason. We're going to bring her on in just a minute. I'm, I think it's going to be a delightful episode tonight. But... I think, you know, when when we see upheaval in the collective consciousness, when we see turmoil and chaos outside of us, especially on this planet, I think it's a real gift. And what I mean by that is, in 2019, perhaps nobody had self-growth on the radar. I mean, certainly many people were involved in a conscious, intentional self-growth. But what I'm getting at is collectively, we really had a kind of a status quo approach. Right now, people would be betting on the Super Bowl. Right now, people would be gathering for drinks after work. Right now, people would be focusing on perhaps anything but self-growth in general. And... For Earth to evolve, for humanity on this planet to evolve into a into a a more authentic, a more harmonious, um, even perhaps the the idea of heaven on Earth is going to take transformation of not only ourselves but of the collective as well. And that's what I like about tonight's episode. Um, it's really about a journey of of connecting back with our our soul, where perhaps your soul didn't even come into your own personal dialogue in 2019 as a prominent thing to talk about, but. Now everybody's um, got a new priority, if you will. A new, um, they're more motivated to deal with stress, to deal with change, because I think change is here to stay for quite a while until we um, move into a more authentic, harmonious uh, narrative for humanity. So I think we should get to it. Again, the topic tonight is... Self-love through the sacred feminine, and again, our guest is Joe Jason. In self-love through the sacred feminine, Joe gives these 13 sacred feminine energies and archetypes of voice, explaining through prayers, meditations, and healing lessons how to reconnect back to our own soul to tap into our own innate wisdom. I think everybody could appreciate that. And navigate our way through life challenges, helping us understand 
that as women, we are the expression and reflections of the sacred feminine, and that our souls are cups full of source. She's written a, a very beautiful book. It's got just fantastic paintings in exquisite color in the book. And it channels paintings. Um, the book has paintings and channeled wisdoms from 13 prominent um, feminine personas from um, our, our human lineage. To learn to love herself unconditionally, become empowered, access courage, forgive, embody the feminine, and weave the web of your life, now is the time to identify and use your own magical wisdom and the intentions of your heart guided by the sacred feminine within you. You can learn more about Joe at joejason.com, J-O-J-A-Y-S-O-N.com. Join me in welcoming Joe to the show. Welcome to the show, Joe. Hi, Les. Thanks very much for having me. I, I, I don't think I'll get tired saying what a beautiful book. It's so colorful, and you've you've made some very beautiful paintings. Um, Thank you. Did you start off as a painter and become a writer, or was it the other way around? No, I, I was always a painter. Um, I was actually um, a muralist um, for a long time, and um, and then I. Um, started to do my own paintings um but the book um the writings in the book um came much later down the line so no it was it was not um it's not something i i normally did it, i was always a painter though well obviously in the title self love through the sacred feminine how did how did self-love become a prominent part of the book? Well, it didn't become a prominent part of the book. It it became a prominent part of my own journey. Um, and then the book was written um, to share that journey with others. So um, the self-love aspect um, in my life came about from, uh, you know, a lot of uh, tragedy and upset, um, which isn't unusual for humans. You know, when they go through troubling times, whatever that may be, um, that's usually the time. Um, those troubling times are usually the catalyst for them having to look at themselves or look within themselves. So um, it wasn't any different for me. That's what um, I... Uh, was kind of faced with so um, so my journey I guess um, started then when I was going through troubling times and um, and I painted my way through it um, it took about seven years of, of growth and of learning and lessons and the paintings you know emerged over those seven years, 13 paintings. Um, and so, you know, when when the 13 paintings were completed, it um, you know, I'd gathered a lot of information, a lot of guidance and wisdom and, um, and of course, my own experience, my own growth. Um, so it seemed, it seemed like the next logical step kind of just evolved very naturally and organically to put it all together um, as a book for others. Right. Now, in, um, in the 13 chapters, you, you highlight uh, prominent women. Um, there's um, Isis. Uh, Mary the mother, Joan of Arc, and and others, and mm. and in each chapter you you highlight um, 
aspects of 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 these women like um courage and strength and did you find as you were going through painting each one of these women that these attributes were showing up in your own personal life at the time yeah. of the painting? Uh, yeah, some of them were stronger in me than others. And those that were not as strong in me were the, were the, were the paintings that were, the, I guess, the most challenging to do. Oh, and wow. those that I I felt I had, um, you know, I was stronger in, and more dominant in, they were much easier for me to represent and express. So yes. Um, Do you feel and, like and, the? Go ahead. No, go no, go on. Well, I mean. Were, were they more challenging because you had more growth to go through in that particular yes. arena? Yeah, right. for sure. Okay. More growth, more growth, more more lessons in that, more experiences in that lesson. Right. I should say, well, yeah. Well, it, I find it curious on the show. I mean, we've had hundreds of guests, and it's very common for the guests to share a personal aspect of their journey that um, at the time was a very challenging thing. I mean, and and then fast forward farther into their life and that becomes the material, if you will, the, mm-hmm. the, the wisdom that, that they have to share. Um, so, so you talk about uh, I think you mentioned a seven-year window of of your personal transformation. Yeah. Uh, do you see, I mean, w- w- did that pretty much frame the, the content of the book uh, verbatim, or it wasn't quite uh, one for one? Well, the paintings were completed in in seven years, and then I had already started to do workshops um, on, um, you know, the 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 archetypes that I had, the energies that I I had painted. I was already teaching people the wisdom through pretty much throughout those seven years. On and off, I was already teaching it. Um, it just wasn't in book form, so, and I and I wasn't necessarily. I can't remember actually if I was I was calling it self love uh, until until later down the line, t- until about maybe the fifth or sixth year when I realized what what really was going on. <laughs> um, right. But I was yeah. def- I was definitely teaching, um, you know. The, uh, certain uh, many of the of the paintings I had already painted, I was teaching about them and their lessons and their wisdom. So the the journey was pretty much laid out already. And then once the paintings were completed, I actually put them all together and created an oracle deck, an oracle deck of thirteen cards. And I, I actually called it a guide, the guidance cards. And I created that first. Um, and then the book was, you know, did not take me very long to write. Um, and I self-published it at the beginning, uh, before it got picked up by a publisher. But, um, but it was, it was pretty much already written by it, you know, over the years anyway, because like I said, I'd, I'd, I was already teaching what I was being, being given and what I was experiencing. So, um, it, it really was, it, it was just an unfolding, and it unfolded, you know, kind of beautifully and perfectly, which I think things do when they're meant to be. I like that. The I think a lot of people are finding themselves um, looking in the mirror metaphorically as far as yes. who they are as a person, as far as what yes. their life looks like. And then, like I mentioned in the pre-show, I mean, in the introduction, um, 2020 kind of turned us all on our heads. 
and I think a lot of people are much more willing to take a look at themselves and and perhaps attributes or aspects that have been part of their personality or persona, if you will, that they weren't necessarily conscious of, all of a sudden becomes front and center in their right. survival tactic. <laughs> right. Well, I mean, usually it is, like I said, something, you know, humans, they learn from contrast. So um, otherwise they don't learn. So, you know, it is usual for people to have great growth spurts after a upsetting or troubling, challenging time in their lives. Um, without those challenging times, they don't usually um, or they're not forced to look at themselves, like you say, in the mirror. And I think what 2020 did was if you had not had those experiences, um, those challenging times, or you had not learned the lessons or the gro- or had not experienced the growth that you should have ha- have done, 2020 was certainly going to put you in a, a space where you had to look at yourself because um, for many people, not all people, but for many, they were forced through the lockdown um, and the pandemic to um, to be with themselves um, in a way that they they weren't normally used to, right. and so that um, was very uncomfortable for a lot of people, for sure, and, and uh, was meant to be, <laughs> I think, for many. <laughs> <laughs> they might not. They might not have chosen it on by their own accord. Right. Well, we none of us choose our suffering or our challenging times. We ne- we never. We, well, when I say we don't consciously choose it, um, right. I, I do believe that we, um, you know, our soul chooses that um, very specifically. But um, our conscious lives as humans, walking around, we don't choose that. No, we don't. We don't remember that we've chosen it. I like that. So, say, for example, um, I didn't have personal growth on my 2020 calendar, so to speak, and now I've gone through 2020 and I find myself uh, um, upset or depressed or um, whatever. Uh, When we first bump up against struggle, we might not necessarily know what the lesson is about because right. so often in the past we would have avoided the lesson when we come into the turmoil of a lesson how does your book help people identify the kind of the root lesson or the root cause of of why they're um, enduring a new struggle in their life well, whatever the struggle is, it doesn't really matter what it is, to be honest. What it will do is um, it will most probably disconnect you. And when you're, you know, disconnect you from well-being or, um, or harmony, right. um, which is your natural state. So the, the the struggle, the challenge will do that, and that will push you to want to feel better. And so it, uh, you know, depending on where where you're at, um, you if you, if you are drawn to something like my book, you would want to probably look within yourself or find a search for answers to make yourself feel better so you don't feel the uncomfortable feelings that you feel. And then the 13 lessons that I have laid out um, are highlight basically overall um, all of those um, discord 
discordance within ourselves that make us feel disconnected or not in well-being or not in harmony. Um, so, you know, you may be feeling fear, and that is one, of, one chapter of the book. You may be feeling disempowered and helpless. That's another chapter of the book. You may be feeling resentful. Um, so another chapter of the book is about forgiveness. Um, you know, you may be feeling um, uh, challenged with love. And there is, a, there is a chapter there about what unconditional love is and what conditioned love is and the difference. Um, so, you know, it covers pretty much all aspects. You know, if you are in a, in a situation where you're not, be, you're not feeling um, respected or honored by another, um, whoever that may be, your parent, your colleague, your spouse, your, your lover, whatever, your, your children, um, there's a, the, that's the first chapter of the book and, and what that means, what that really means when you look within. So um, whatever the challenge is that one goes through, uh, it will bring up discordance, and the discordance will be the... Uh, feeling that you feel that will be the catalyst to want to fix it, to want to heal it. I you like know, that. And, right. Well, the, it's, it, I, it's very comprehensive, like you say. It it goes through the 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 ways we get stuck, the ways we are unconscious, and it draws that to light. But, you know, uh, certainly um, many people will be drawn to the book because they're going through a particular challenge, and the book will certainly shed uh, insight on that. And, yes. But I think that's another um, audience to the book. You know, <laughs> after 2020, you can say everybody's been through the ringer, so... Um, if if that's the criteria of your book hit, hitting the mark, it's pretty much everyone on the planet. But I don't know you... if that I don't know if I totally agree with that. I think a lot of people have 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 struggled and suffered, you know, in 2020. But many have not. I I don't know, and and for many it's just been an inconvenience. Um, of course, you know, the, or, you know, for for a lot of people, they've they've had a lot of loss um, and are grieving. Um, but you know, I think it's diff- the different levels and different challenges for many different people. So I don't know if I would say, you know, because I I, I do know many people who it really hasn't affected at all. It's just right. been a, a, an inconvenience, and so you know, um, do I think well, 2020 is, is the same as going through, um, you know? Uh, I don't know. I mean, I, I I think it's very individualized, and everybody will get will uh, probably have received the the lessons that they need, whether whether they'll have learned the lessons is another matter. Right, and I appreciate what you're saying. Um, uh, there's billions of people on the planet, and to say everyone experienced 2020 the same way, I mean, you're right. They didn't. There's a, yeah. there's a whole collage, and some people probably weren't impacted that much at all. So I, um, no. I like that. But and even you know for myself, um, you know my my father passed away in 2020 not from COVID, um, uh, but he was he was sick in other ways. But um, uh, other than that, which was a huge loss, um, I can't say that 2020 was a terrible year for me because it wasn't. 
you know. Right. So that's why I, that's why I say that because for, for many people it wasn't terrible. Um, for some people it was, but you know. Well, I'm sorry for your loss. Um, uh, for myself, 2020, I found very interesting because it showed us, it showed me a side of the collective consciousness I'd never seen before. It, it, it kind of brought the the drags of the collective up to the surface that I wasn't conscious of, and I found it very insightful. But um, the point I was moving towards with your book is a lot of times when people are on um, a path of spiritual growth or personal growth, they don't always, I mean, certainly they can have challenging lessons in their life that that pull up prominent traits that they need to take a look at, but I think your book is a a solid review of, of the notion of growth across the table, so to speak. I mean, sometimes we don't know that um, perhaps the, the prominent lessons in our life hasn't been around, for example, uh, like empowerment or something. And they read the book, and and when they get to the section of empowerment, um, they can they can get some insights into themselves. It, what I'm getting at is it. I like how comprehensive it goes through the archetypes and the the arenas of growth so it it would be a very good book for just personal growth period and and not for one particular um no for sure and i i feel and and i I think this this was you know um i i didn't feel like i orchestrated this but the the 13 lessons felt very complete to me. Like there were no, that the, the, they were the lessons that you needed. There were there weren't there wasn't one that I had forgotten, <laughs> or you know it, they felt complete. Right. Um, and um, so I do think that they are comprehensive, and I do feel that if you can, um, uh, what's the word? Um, not learn, but master, I think master is a better word, master each mm-hmm. of those lessons, um, you're doing pretty well uh, to yeah. a life of balance and harmony and self-empowerment. Now, how does the sacred feminine play into this? Because you're talking about self-love through the sacred feminine. Mm-hmm. You can't. You well. The sacred feminine uh, is the path to self-love. So it isn't a coincidence. <laughs> it is that in order to return back to yourself and love yourself better, um, and to remember the essence of who you are. You have to understand the what the sacred feminine is, and when you understand it, you realize that is the path back. So, what I mean by that, and it's not just for women. The book was written for women, but it isn't just for women. It's for men too, and um, because, as I'm sure you understand, that the sacred feminine, the feminine aspect. Um, is in both men and women, as is the masculine. But it is the feminine aspect that allows you to get back to yourself um, with love and with compassion and with forgiveness and with, uh, you know, intuitive wisdom and with faith. Um, So it is... It is not a coincidence that I just joined them together, self-love and the sacred feminine. It is that that is the only way to get to self-love, back to self-love. That is like the aspect that. of the of the feminine. Yeah. It's pretty easy to see that in our past, the the prominent 
um, trait of humanity has been a very uh, dominant masculine um, um, presence in, I mean, it, it, to, I don't want to use a cliche, but I'm going to, um, men ran the world, so to speak, in, in mm-hmm. a general sense. And when we talk about, I mean, the return of the feminine or the, the sacred feminine or um, the idea of reestablishing the feminine um, much, much more prominently, not in a yang sort of way, but just in a respect and honored sort of way, uh, to to bring the feminine back online and to bring balance between the masculine and feminine, of course within ourselves, but also in the collective. What do, do you get a notion of some of the more prominent attributes of the sacred feminine that are kind of key to this? Uh, do you know what I mean? Because well, um, yeah, I mean, you know, yes, I, I think, you know, most of us would, would agree that um, the the feminine, uh, what we call the sacred feminine or the divine feminine or whatever you want to call it, um, you know, was, has been missing in, it's not, it's not, it wasn't that it didn't exist, it was kind of pushed down, right. made irrelevant, or it was, you know... Um, uh, suppressed, subjugated. Yeah, suppressed. Yeah. So, um, I think I think most people understand that. Um, but I so so the rise of the feminine, which is you know obviously, uh, um, you know many people know or have heard of the rise of the feminine or have heard that phrase anyway, um, has been going on for quite some time now. Uh, you know, I don't know, 20, 30 years, it's been slowly brewing. Um, but um, the the way that I was shown what was actually happening was that as the feminine rose again, which really means as the feminine aspects of humanity or of the soul become more conscious in our minds, Become, become more integrated in our minds, meaning right. love yeah. and compassion, uh, collaboration, understanding, forgiveness. As those aspects become more prominent and uh, rise up again into our consciousness, you know, the, the very distorted masculine that we have been experiencing, and it's distorted because it didn't have the feminine next to it, um, as the feminine sort of rises in our consciousness, it pulls up the the healthy masculine with it. Right. Um, and that, therefore, creating balance. Because one should never be more dominant than the other, ever. Um, so this isn't about replacing patriarchy with matriarchy. This is about bringing back something that was pushed away, that is part of our nature, part of our innate divine nature, which is, you know, this loving, compassionate, um, um, intuitive, and um, empathic um, um, aspect of ourselves, and um, this nurturing aspect of ourselves, um, so that we can heal this world. You can't heal the world with a with just one aspect of humanity you have to heal it with 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 the with the whole aspects of humanity so um so i i i i've lost my train of thought but i <laughs> but i but anyway that's how that's how it was shown to me and as as the feminine rises she, she kind of pulls up the mascu- the the healthy masculine with her well um, you you answered my question beautifully. What I was looking for is, like, um, say you discover that you, you don't feel empowered and you don't speak your mind and, and you keep your opinion to yourself because you don't think there's any worth to it. 
and then and then you you um, desire to become more empowered as a person, you, you become aware of the attributes that are behind empowerment, and when you start to recognize them, that gives you new opportunity for choice. And I and so I took that and and put it towards the sacred feminine. What are the attributes of the sacred feminine? Because when when we're conscious of what the attributes are, um, com- yes, you know, I, I, I think I know what you're saying. Compassion, forgiveness. I mean, mm. I mean, you hit them all on the head. I mean, I don't know about all. Yeah, I mean, it isn't. It it it. Well, it's if let's say you're let's say you are someone who uh, has felt disempowered most of their lives, and they're they're going through an experience which exaggerates that uh, lack that one feels within themselves. Um, And they are reading my book, and you certainly wouldn't go just to the chapter of Isis, which talks about empowerment. Every chapter is is an aspect of empowerment, the lesson. So, you know, if you... um, empowerment can can make to be fully empowered is to be fully aligned with the, the truth of who you are right and there's there's a lot in there it isn't just you know you, you would have to look at aspects of yourself whether you honor yourself enough whether you respect yourself enough do you have fear or have you do you still carry resentment if you still carry resentment around like a big heavy bag, there's no way you can be empowered. If you were empowered, you wouldn't need to carry it around. So, right. so do you see what I'm saying? So, whatever the whatever the issue is, if there's one dominant issue more than the others, um, every chapter will be a piece of the puzzle for that. Very nice, well spoken. I like that. Now. You showcase um, thirteen women from our um, from our history. Do you have some favorites? Well, not all of them are women, to be honest. Some of them have, have oh. uh, you know, not walked to the surf. <laughs> um, oh, okay. Some of them, some of them, like Isis, uh, Grandmother Spider, are uh, archetypal uh, dieters. Um, but there are obviously those that have walked the surf, like uh, Mary the Mother and the Magdalene, and um, Joan of Arc. Joan of Arc, and you know a few others there, Miriam. So, um, do I have favorites? I wouldn't say favorites, but I um, I feel closest to some more than others. So I'm particularly feel close to Kuan Yin, who is on the cover of the book. Um, so, you know, if I had someone who to say who I reach out to or I connect with uh, more than any of the others, I would say it was her. was that energy. Right. Well, the pictures are are just delightful. I I very much enjoy them. I'm I'm kind of curious about um you talked a little bit about painting them and some of them were easier than others, but I guess what I'm curious about is as you're painting a particular persona like um Isis or whatever, how did I mean just the physical part of painting did, did, mm. was it prominently different one to another or did you always have the same style um well i paint you know i paint sort of realistic figures and so i always had to have a model they you know i didn't paint just out out of my head with nothing nothing in front of me as a reference. Um, but I had to create the reference. So, um, you know, I was, I, I, I could see, I, well, you know, you can say it in many different ways. I was given, I was shown, or I saw what, I, what it needed to 
look like, uh, what they needed to, how they needed to be represented. And I would go search for that. I did never, I never ever had to search very far. So that always was given to me very, very easily. Um, And um, in terms of painting, physically painting, some were difficult um, because I just, I would struggle to get get the entire painting the composition and and the, what it was representing i would i would i would struggle to get it right and when i was struggling to get it right that was usually cuz I, I was struggling with some kind of lesson whereas others were they just flew out in a week i did, would do them in a week whereas others would take uh, 3 3 4 months wow that would so, be yeah, so it wasn't so much that the uh, there was no technique that was different with any of them. They were all pretty much similar technique uh, and similar formula the way that I went about it, but some were just, just easier to do than others, you know. Right. Now, um, you talk about cups full of source and uh, the return to soul. Can you... Yeah. Um, how do you intend that that phrase cups full of source source so i at the beginning of the book i talk about uh this analogy and and it's not a new analogy um and i certainly didn't really come up with it i, I think many people have used the similar analogies to express what the soul is so my analogy was that if you were to go to the the ocean and you were to stand by the ocean you had a cup and you were to um, scoop some of the ocean water into your cup, and you were to take the cup back home, and you were to put the cup on your kitchen table, and ask yourself, as looking at the cup of of ocean water, um, is the cup full of, is the ocean water inside the cup the same as the water in the ocean? And you would have to say that yes, it was exactly the same, but the only difference is that it's housed in a different container. Right. And so the analogy that I ex- explained was that we are, as souls, cups full of source. We are source, source consciousness. Right. We are or God, if you prefer that. Uh, we are source consciousness housed in a in a body, and so we're no different to that to which we pray to. We are right. it, and so I and then I explain that the cup full, our own cup full of source, is housed in in it can be found in the heart space. So mm-hmm. our connection back to our own soul. And our own essence is in the heart space. Is our cup full of source through the portal of the the heart, so to speak? Yes. Yes. I like that. So, for yourself, I mean, if you look at how you live your life today, and then if you look at how you were living your life before your struggles. Um, how much more prominent is your soul in your life, and what is different day to day to have that soul prominence? Uh, I think I think it's I, I I don't remember myself before okay. my struggles. I don't remember. Um, I, oh. I don't remember the disconnection, and, and that's not to say that I walked around clueless. I did. I, I, you know, I, I was always aware and spiritually, and I've always been very, very intuitive. But I don't think that I had. It's almost like you know, you when you connect, when you empower, when you heal when you return back to love yourself, you acknowledge who you are. And so it's almost like charging your phone. <laughs> you charge your soul with a new awareness. 
Right. And you walk in alignment with it. Now, do I have bad days? Of course. And do I get disconnected? Absolutely. And that's why spiritual practice is really important, just like going to the gym is, you know, exercising is important. So, um, you know, are all my problems solved because I wrote, I finally wrote my book? No. (laughs) But, um, well, the, the notion I was thinking about was, I mean, like for myself, um, my soul wasn't even on my radar, um, right. you know, 30 right. years ago, 40 years ago. It just wasn't, I, I didn't think right. about it at all, period. Right. And now right. today, um, I'm aware that I have this, it's funny that my ego is talking about my soul, and my soul is a much more prominent aspect of myself than my ego, but but my sense of self, I understand that that I am I have this gigantic, um, multi-dimensional aspect of myself as my soul, and that um, I don't take things as personally. I don't. I mean, right, uh, right. What what I'm looking for is people who who haven't perhaps connected with their soul or the, the notion of a soul is vague. How would you describe? Um, how your life changes the more you connect with your soul. I get it. uh, That's a really nice question. I think that there is a realization, an understanding or um, an awareness that that you are divine. That's the truth of it. And there's a humbling that happens with that but there's also as as much as there's a humbling there is a um an empowerment and a detachment and there's also uh, an awareness and an understanding that we that you uh can create your life for good or for bad and that you are master of your own ship. And so there is um, such a strength and a trust and a, um, you know, when you really do connect with it, there's such a peace that comes about from from that. Um, and an understanding that you, you're... You're 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 sacred, and you're taken care of. So there's 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 no end of benefits, honestly. Um, and that awareness just grows. It grows in layers. You know, it's not all at once one day. It's right. uh it's a it's a slow unfolding of an understanding that um, you're not this paper bag just you know being blown around in life that you have control and you have power and um and that life circumstances are there to help us not hinder us and i think that's the biggest um lesson is that whatever we experience we experience for our own growth i like that the you mentioned a sense of peace and and I, I I very much like what you said about um, um, reconnecting with your soul isn't a flash in the pan. It's it's an evolution of sorts. But so many people are wringing their hands from stress and worry and anxiety about all the upheaval that's going on on the planet. That sense of peace, that sense of deep knowingness of who you really are is what a lot of people long for yeah. and and to reconnect back to your own soul is is the medicine that they're looking for so to speak is to reconnect I, I, back I agree so, I I will say though that also I'd add to that that you can't yearn for something you haven't experienced or remember. 
So you yearn for that peace, and you yearn for that harmony, and you yearn for um, that love, and you yearn for all of that kind of stuff, because that is the essence of who we are and where we came from. And I think that's what's not totally understood. So we all yearn for that. We all talk about that. We all want that. And we all want it because um, we've experienced it. We just, not something, you know, many of us don't realize where, where and how we've experienced it. And you can experience that again by coming back to the self, coming back to the soul. I like that. The uh, well, so the the yearning is is based on a, a memory. Then is yes. what you're saying. Yes. Yeah. It's impossible to yearn for something you haven't experienced. Otherwise, you wouldn't yearn for it. Huh. <laughs> I haven't <laughs> heard that spoken before. Yeah. When you th- when you think about it you, it, you when we yearn for something, it's because we've experienced it before and we want it again. Right. Huh. Um, now, let's. Uh, we've talked about your book and we've touched on the Goddess Chakra series. Um, and can you give us a, a snapshot of your platform and your products? Well, yeah, my Goddess Chakra series was my very first series that I painted, um, seven paintings. But the, 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 the series in the book is the Sacred Feminine series. Um, but, yes, my um, I, I have an Etsy shop which has all of my paintings and prints and my book and my oracle deck and uh, meditations and stuff like that. Um, and um, my Etsy shop um, is, I think, uh, jojasongoddessart.etsy.com. Um, and my website where I do, um, where I do uh, readings and I do um, online workshops and um, events and various things is joejason.com. So, um, yeah, everything that I, I, do, I do, I do a lot of different things. <laughs> um, huh. You can find usually on, on I, either of those two um, places. Now, when you talk about readings that you do for people, um, can you elaborate on those? Because readings in and of itself is... Mean um, many different things, yeah. Right. Um, I do guidance. I do intuitive guidance readings. So I will. Um, yeah, um, I, I don't like to call them psychic readings because my the read they are slightly different um, to uh, an average psychic reading. This is more of your soul path and what your what my guides um, uh, would like you to um, know what, if there is anything that's standing in the way of your growth and uh, any lessons that you need to learn or anything that needs to be celebrated or um, supported. So it's more about the path of the soul, my readings, um, than, than anything else, than, than predictions, I should say. Right. Well, how would you describe your ideal client? Oh gosh, for for I'm a reading. I'm on the spot. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, well, I'm trying I to connect you to the to the audience, so the audience is listening yeah, to this. Yeah, um, I guess the, those that come to me for readings. I mean, um, those that come to me for readings are those that um, are struggling uh, or need guidance on uh, where they are, where they find themselves now. And, um, and you know, it, it can be many different things, but it would be certainly somebody who was 
all wanted to be more connected with themselves and to come back to themselves, um, to understand themselves so they can move forward and grow. Well, very nice. So you had a great answer. <laughs> <laughs> I got it out there, yes. Well, uh, um, I think you've written a very uh, a very beautiful book, a very insightful book. Um, it's it's a, a very comprehensive look at the uh, at the archetypes and and how we get stuck and whatnot. But you know, really, to say it's a comprehensive uh, uh, inventory, so to speak. It's that's to that's to not recognize the just the beauty of the book. I mean, I mean, it's uh, I love the pictures. They're vibrant color. They're uh, and then the stories that accompany each picture um, are tied together based on the archetype. I think you've done a beautiful job. I I really like the book a lot. Um, Thank you very much. Time can go by pretty fast. Do you have any closing thoughts for our audience? Um, Well, I want to thank you for having me on um, and all your kind words about the book. Um, And, uh, you know, I I, I hope that the book resonates with your audience. Um, It is for men and women, even though it's geared, you know, um, two women um, can be used by anybody really who wants to spend some time with themselves and heal um, heal some stuff that uh, is in the way of them becoming you know their fullest potential so I hope um, I hope that you know some people in your audience it, it resonated for them tonight and uh, inspired them. Well, very nice. I want to thank you, Joe, for being our guest tonight. I've thoroughly enjoyed this radio interview. Me too. Me too. We've been talking with Joe Jason, and the topic tonight is the title of her book, Self-Love Through the Sacred Feminine. You know, to reconnect with our soul, we we could look at the history of planet Earth and say that we've been suffering from ego overdose, where where the conundrums of our past, the wars, the struggles, the countless different ways um, Earth has been a challenging place to be, could be, um, a lot of that could be hinged on the notion of our egos running the show. And uh, it's such a transformational time on planet Earth. We're really at a pivot point. This is really a a decisive uh, time of change. And I really like the notion of the return to our souls, to reconnect, to live from the wisdom of our soul, to bring our souls into our own personal life. And by embodying our soul personally there's more of a soul presence collectively and then i get um to throw in the attribute of of reestablishing the sacred feminine to bring some balance between the sacred masculine and the is i i would suggest perhaps the the fundamental change that we've been looking for, if you think of our ancestors that have had a dream of what might be on planet Earth, I think those would be some of the core elements. Again, our guest tonight, uh, Joe Jason's website is J-O-J-A-Y-S-O-N.com. I hope you enjoyed this episode. It's always a pleasure to bring you interviews like this that can help awaken the power in you. I'm your host, Les Jensen. Always a pleasure. Until next time, thanks for listening. This has been a New Human Living Radio broadcast. To bring your soul's inspiration into effect 
and live your life wide open. Check out our host, Les Jensen's latest book, Citizen King, The New Age of Power, at newhumanliving.com. Thanks for listening.